Today's time of teaching focuses on Psalm 23, which is similar in some ways to last week's Psalm 42, in that the writer is going through some sort of dangerous situation that we don't know much about. But what's different about Psalm 23 is this writer, King David, uses imagery that we are quite familiar with and know a lot about. That's the picture of a shepherd and sheep. And what we hope to learn from it today is the way that our good shepherd, Jesus Christ, is shepherding the church through this current hour and through this whole phase in history. Let's look together at Psalm 23. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So a big picture here, what's going on is King David is saying in a time of both unsettledness and great danger, he has confidence that the Lord is with him and is leading him home. Uh, the times that he talks about are sometimes very unsettling, sometimes very dangerous, sometimes both. In all of this, he knows God is with him and he knows that God's bringing him home. Now, before I get into the content of the psalm, uh, let me just tell you a little bit about the annual pattern that sheep would go through, just like what their calendar was like year after year with their shepherding in that part of the world. Uh, basically, what would happen is in the springtime, the shepherd would lead them out of the homestead, uh, kind of out into the wilderness, because if sheep stay in one place for too long, they'll eat up all the grass and the grass will die and then they'll starve. And so what would happen is they would lead them out find a really nice piece of grass, a nice patch of grass that was near some good water and the sheep would graze and they'd drink for a while. And then when the grass would start to run out so that the roots wouldn't get eaten, uh, the shepherd would have the sheep get up and lead them to a new place, a new patch of grass with water near it. Uh, and then when that would start to run out, they'd do it again, maybe back to the first one, maybe to a third one. So through the spring and the summer, they're constantly moving from patch to patch of grass and, and nearby water in the wilderness. And the shepherd's job was to always be seeking out the next place where he would lead the sheep to. So this would be a really unsettled time for the sheep, right? They would find this nice cozy patch of grass, they would eat, they would drink, and they would lie down, and then, oop, time to get up and go. Just constant, like as soon as it gets nice, time to get up and go. Uh, and this is what the shepherd's leading him through this whole time. So as time would go on, it'd get warmer and warmer, summer would get hotter and hotter, and so naturally, they would be going higher and higher elevations until by the end of the summer, they might be really high, like maybe on top of the hills or the mountains even by then. So then uh, autumn would come and what they would do, the shepherd would lead the sheep down to the valley and then through the valley back to the homestead where there was plenty of food stored up for winter. And as soon as they got to that homestead, big feast, they would feed him all kinds of stuff, but they had to go through this scary 
and dangerous valley to get there. That's kind of what they're going through. Knowing that will bring some of this imagery to life. So, okay, back to the psalm. King David's writing it. We don't know when. We don't know what situation he was in. We've got all kinds of stories in the Bible about different dangerous situations he was in. We don't know which one this is. Uh, but we do know what he's doing and how he's handling it. First, he's looking back on God's provision of him. Then he looks to the current situation in verse 4. And then after that, he looks to God's future provision where he is headed. So you got this 1 through 3 is the past, verse 4 is the present, verse 5 and 6 are the future, past, present, future. God has provided for me. God is with me. God will provide for me where we're headed. We're going to look at those three. I'm going to break it down into those three things and use that pattern we talked about to kind of bring some of that alive. Let's look at verses 1 through 3 first. So he's looking back and he's saying, I have had such a good shepherd. He says, the pastures I have been laying down in are, are green, right? They're good. And the places of water he's led me to are refreshing, good, and still. Uh, these good, right paths he's leading me on have given him a good reputation and name. He leads me in paths of righteousness, it says, for his name's sake, right? So basically... God's been really good to me, and he has earned a reputation of being a really, really good shepherd for me. Now, notice the subtle, like, unsettledness here, though, right? He says, I shall not want. He's happy, great, right? We picture him then in a lush green field just eating, and then, you know, great little, like, quiet brook by him, and he's drinking, and this just, you know, perpetually, right? But actually... The words are plural, right? He makes me lie down in green pastures, more than one pasture, besides still waters, right? So it's not this wonderful, stable place he's in. It's many good places in the midst of scary wilderness all around him. Like in all this wilderness, he continually leads me to new good places, and yeah, when I get comfortable, he bats me with the rod and says, all right, time to get up, you know, calls my name, I got to get up. And I don't, this is so comfy. But hey, every time he's led me to a new good pasture and new good water, uh, this is very much like the life's, lives that we can look back on as Christians. Uh, we wish, I think, that our life had been one good green pasture and one good still brook beside it and nothing ever changed. It was just beautiful and stable. The reality for many of us is that God gives and takes away and gives and takes away. Uh, but what I want you to see, Christian, as you look back on your life, is that every time he has brought you to green pastures and lush waters, uh, it has not always been what you've wanted, right? Like you go through hard times, but in those difficult times in the wilderness, he provides for you and cares for you. Now, you'll be given an opportunity to look back on some of those times when he's provided for you in the past and we do discussion questions. Uh, for now, just look at the end of verse 3. Like, he leads me in those paths for his name's sake. Uh, give to his name the credit he is due. In the current dark and scary hour, look back and say, you know what? God was good to me here, and he was good to me here, and he was good to me here. He is a good shepherd he has earned the reputation of being one that cares for us. Why would I doubt him now? That's how we look back like the sheep does. In verse 4, he looks to the present. 
Now, I remember uh, I said earlier that that autumn pattern was summer would end, autumn would come, and the shepherd would lead the sheep through the valley back to the homestead, right? And he says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Uh, that autumn journey is what he's referring to when he says that. So, you know, what happened here is that it's autumn. They're going through valley. Now, you guys know just from watching the sun in the sky that in the late autumn, the sun does not get very high in the southern sky. It is similar in that part of the world, too. The sun didn't get all that high in the sky. And if you've got mountains like, I don't know, 10 or 15 degrees in the horizon there, it's not very much of the day that the sun even comes over the mountains and shines on the valley. In fact, in some parts of the valley, they may never see the sun at all in the autumn. So it's a shadowy place that gets very cold where life isn't very well sustained. But there are lots of predators, lots of bears, lots of wolves, lots of lion-type things. All that kind of stuff is there hunting the sheep because, hey, they see this flock of sheep going through here and they're like, oh, one big last feast before winter, right? So they are trying to pick off the stragglers. They're trying to distract the shepherd and get to the sheep. Constant threat from predators on the sheep. So you got the shadows, you got the predators, and then here is David saying, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Uh, that's what he's talking about when he says that. As he goes through something analogous to that, something that is like that in his own human life, he says, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. All right? Now, one sheep walking through that valley is just destined to perish. A flock of sheep walking through that valley with a shepherd who has a rod and a staff protecting them, now that sheep has got some comfort. That sheep's not going to be afraid, right? Safety in numbers with the flock, yeah, but what he's getting at here is there's an active shepherd with a rod and a staff, and when I look up and I see him with the rod in one hand and the staff in the other, I feel comforted. I feel safe because I have seen times when he takes that rod and bats a bear in the face with it and says, no one snatches them out of my hands. We got confidence in his shepherd. This is very much like the age that the church is in right now. Uh, the season the church has been in since Jesus ascended into heaven in the first century AD uh, through now and all the way to the time when he comes back is what the Bible calls the last days, the final era. You could say it is the autumn of the world's history. It is a time where Satan is angry and is enraged, where there is all sorts of difficulty that the church faces. You could also just call it the church age. It's the age when the church exists. Uh, he's after us, right? And there are threats on every side, some directly satanic, some, some probably not. Through history, there's been persecution, there's been great poverty in the church. The Lord keeps leading us through these things in the autumn of human history. Uh, right now, the threat is, is a deadly disease that is around us, right? But it's not the first threat we've faced. It's not going to be the last threat we have faced. As the lions and the bears are out there, there is the good shepherd who protects the flock and says, no one snatches them out of my hands. Now, that doesn't mean that none of us will lose our 
earthly lives to some of these threats. Yes, Christians really have died in persecution. Christians have died already in this disease that has gone around. That's not what it means. What it means is that the church will not perish. We do not need to worry about the future of Jesus' church uh, after what happens here. No, he will protect us. He will care for us. And he will get us all the way to where we are going. He will look out for you individually too. Whether that means that soon the time comes for you where you are in heaven with Jesus enjoying his presence until he comes back. Or whether that means uh, you'll suffer for a while caring for others. Or maybe you'll make it through this thing without much threat. Uh, He will care for you and get you all the way home. Uh, One way or another he will do the same for the church as well. Put your trust in him. Look to his rod and his staff by which he comforts us and say, I I won't be afraid. He is with me. He'll get me to the final destination. And that's what verses 5 and 6 talk about. Now for the sheep, that autumn journey going through the valley of the shadow of death was back to the homestead where they would settle in at home and where there was much food waiting for them. So they're going through this season where they're probably not getting to eat very much, on the move, traveling a lot, not a lot of food around. But when they get there, it's going to be lush and be grain to eat or whatever it is that sheep eat. I don't even know, but good stuff to eat, right? And so he kind of switches metaphors to the feast that God is preparing for him. Now, our journey is headed to a final wonderful feast and then we will dwell in God's house forever. So this is true of the sheep who's going to the homestead. It's true of David. It's true of us, the church, who are headed to the final marriage supper of the Lamb. He says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. So that's the feast we're headed to. Lush provisions, right? A table full of great stuff. In front of the enemies that pursue us, he's preparing this great feast for us. Uh, He says, you anoint my head with oil. That's something that hosts used to do when they were wealthy. Uh, You're traveling in that part of the world, uh, walking, your sandals are getting all kinds of dirty. You're you're either riding an animal or you're walking the whole way. You're just kind of gross when you get there. You need refreshment. You haven't been eating all that well because there's not like Burger King to stop at and just get you something good to eat. So you arrive hungry, you arrive thirsty, you arrive dirty in need of refreshment. And a wealthy host would anoint you with oil to refresh you, like sweet-smelling, fragrant oil. And you just put it, it'd be almost like really like washing yourself. You would feel that refreshment and then you would start to smell better because you got to smelling pretty nasty on your trip. Uh, That's the kind of refreshment that is waiting for us when Jesus returns and we arrive at the coming kingdom that Jesus has promised us. He says, my cup overflows. He's talking about a wine glass, a goblet of wine, good choice, expensive wine that is waiting for him there. In other words, the provisions there are going to be lush. Can you imagine being at a restaurant, ordering the $300 bottle of wine and the host just pouring it and just not even worrying about spilling it and saying, hey, you know what, let's just pour it. You know, just order it. Order two more. Order three more. Just like throwing down, right, with great stuff on the table. That's the sort of attitude the Lord has about providing for us. 
uh, in this feast that he's preparing. The book of Revelation talks about the marriage supper of the Lamb, and uh, your discussion questions will point you to it so you can read a little bit about the great feast that is waiting for us. But the imagery here says uh, that the provisions there are going to be lush, overflowing cup, great refreshment for being anointed when we get there. And so this is his conclusion in verse 6. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That is good news, church. As we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, this season of church history, uh, when we are attacked on every side, it's been going on for 2,000 years, who knows how long it will go on, God's steadfast covenant love follows us every day and we will dwell in his house forever.